Hello everyone and welcome back to the Wannabe Cricket Expert. I'm your host Anna Paracharya. Now this episode is going to be a little bit different. Obviously I've been doing a lot of IPL reviews, weekly reviews. Um, last week I did an episode on the downfall of Mumbai Indians. And so this is something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. It's a little segment called IPL Diaries. And so basically I will be interviewing fans from across the main eight franchises that started off from 2008 IPL. Obviously Sunrises and Deccan will be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'll be interviewing fans across the, uh, across from those franchises. Um, what inclined them to support those franchises, get an insight into um, what they feel the franchises have done to connect to the fan base and other stuff. And a few days ago, I had the privilege of interviewing Chennai Super Kings fan Sai Krishnan, uh, who gave me some great insight on uh, CSK and how successful they've been and other stuff regarding CSK. So uh, here we go. Um, so this is how our interview went. So the, my first question that I asked him was to give us a background on where he grew up and what attracted him to following and supporting uh, Chennai Super Kings. So Sai had grown up in the middle class conservative areas of Chennai and it was the only memories um, he has of growing up and living in until he moved to America. So supporting CSK was super forward. He's grown up in the city. It's his home team. And that was at the start. Um, after the IPL support grew a lot bigger um csk was one of, he says that csk was one of the few teams with no glitzy film stars or really big billionaire magnets like a vijay malia or an ambani being involved in it or if you talk about film stars yeah, especially a club like mumbai or um kolkata who had a huge um film star fan base and Chennai was also one of the cheapest franchises, so they didn't have a local star player at the beginning of the 2008 IPL because no one was really a big player in Tamil Nadu at that time. Um, and there was a, fr- a concept of icon players for all the franchises, which is very true because in 2008, you look at uh, Bangalore, they had Dravid, who is their hometown boy. Uh, Tendulkar was at Mumbai, Vivius Lakshman at uh, Deccan Chargers. You had Ganguly at Kolkata. You had Yuvraj Singh at Punjab. You had Gautam Gambhir and Virendra Sehwag at Delhi. So, um, apart from Chennai and uh, Rajasthan, they didn't really have... Uh, every single other franchise did have an icon player. And CSK spent lesser than most of the other franchises, with their only big purchase being Mahindra Singh Dhoni, which was obviously very big at that time, because Dhoni had just won the T20 World Cup a few months ago. Uh, prior to the start of 2008 IPO and all of these factors added up to prop Chennai as the unassuming underdogs and Sai is the type of person who likes to support the underdog and he says quote even more than an average person and so the next question I asked him was was it disappointing for him when CSK didn't bid for Dinesh Kartik considering he was probably the main star of uh, in the Tamil Nadu um Sorry, Tamil Nadu uh, squad at that time. Uh, me being uh, obviously a biggest Dennis Kartik fan, my personal bias didn't definitely did not impact me coming up with this question. Um, but he gave me a really good answer to this, that 
Uh, even though DK is one of his favorite batsmen, he's not cheap at all. So if they would spend money on him, that would be not spending money on someone else. Ultimately, to side team balance matters more than these really sentimental factors. And he gives me a really good answer uh, after this as well. He's saying that although Dinesh Kartik was a good player in the Tamil Nadu uh, side, he was never really a huge star. He wasn't someone like Sachin Ganguly, Sewa Godoni, who were big names because they had done well in international cricket. And that's what the masses of um, people in Tamil Nadu follow. Uh, you know, and he says that people didn't really care much about his contributions in England or South Africa uh, in 2006 and Um And he didn't last long enough in international cricket to capture people's imaginations like the big stars like Sachin Sewa, Ganguly and co managed to do. And so obviously, Chennai in 2008-2009, they went close to winning the IPL, but they didn't. And so the next question I asked him was, after a few years of no success, CSK Golf to win... They made an IPL title alongside winning the Champions League T20 in 2010. And so I asked him, like, you know, what was the feeling in Chennai after these uh, titles were won in the same year? Uh, he felt it was just inevitable. You know, CSK were finalists in 2008, losing it r- right on the last ball. I think Rajasthan needed one of one and they just, you know, these things happened. And... Chennai's team at that time was a little bit unbalanced according to him and he felt in 2009 they worked out their balances a little bit better uh, even though they crashed out earlier in the semis. Uh, I think that loss was to uh, Bangalore, (laughs) their rivals. Um, I think that 2009 side, they really did improve personally for me when they included uh, Freddie Flintoff um, in that squad. And for him, that his source of pride in CSK is not the trophies. And although it is a good thing and it helps, but it's the incredible consi- consistency. Despite being one of the lowest spenders and not having big name stars and starting nearly every season as not so favourites because of the lack of big recognisable players, yet they continue to still do so well. And in 2011, I asked him about the 2011 IPL where they go uh, one further by winning back-to-back IPL titles uh, by defeating Royal Challengers Bangalore, their bitter rivals, in Chennai, you know. Um, and I asked him whether that was the best moment in uh, CSK's history. And he does agree with me that uh, arguably it is the best moment in CSK's history because that was the period when CSK looked invincible. They looked like they had mastered T20, team selection, depth, all-rounders. Everything was just falling into place. And they were doing this with utility players and not stars. And that is a really key part of T20 cricket is that stars will not always win your game. It's it's going to be your utility players. Um, and he felt that alongside that period of 2010 to 2011 where they were winning trophies and of course 2014 as well where they won the CLT20, uh, the comeback title wins in 2018 and 2021 right after the uh, suspensions and a poor season in 2020 was uh, you know a great moment in CSK's history and obviously they could have also won the title in 2019 with two runs needed from one run, uh, from one ball in the final if not for some quote pot-bellied Malinga magic and you know during this period it felt like CSK were always there never left and then obviously in 2012 they could, they were so close to doing three winning three IPL titles in a row you know they were hosting the 2020 uh, 2012 IPL final at their home ground at the Chidambaram Stadium in Chennai which is arguably the toughest place to win a game for an opposition team 
yet Kolkata stopped them. So I asked him about, you know, Bar KKR's 2012 squad, almost every other team has struggled to win at Chepok despite boasting a world-class spin attack. What makes Chepok such a hard ground to win at for opposition teams? And he went, in my opinion, you need quality Indian batsmen because on average they're more adept at playing spin and deep spin bowling attacks, such as 2-3 to three accurate spinners and a few part-timers to win at Chepok. Not many teams have this. Till 2021, every team except CSK, MI and KKR have had trouble of finding quality Indian batsmen or providing the environment for newer domestic players and a little bit too dependent on their foreign players or Indian international players. This is very, very true. You know, if you look at before the 2022 IPL, uh, sorry, I'll also finish what he said before the, before I go into my point. And so he says, they end, and that's the reason why they're ending up struggling in at Chepok uh, more than CSK does. And that's why Chepok is a fortress for CSK. And this is a very, very true uh, statement. You know, if you take out the likes of Rohit Sharma, Sachin Tendulkar, who are your big name Indian players that have played for Mumbai, then you can look at some of the other Indian domestic players that have played for Mumbai and have done well in Chepok. Someone like an Ambati Raidu, a Saurabh Tiwari, uh, recently Surya Kumar Yadav has uh, been part of them for a few years. So players like them, they tend to do well because they play spin so well. KK obviously, Gambir, uh, Manvida Bisla, no one can forget that iconic uh, 90 in the final. Um, you've got Manish Tiwari, who's also a good player of spin in KKR's history. Uh, Surya Kumar Yadav also played for them as well, but I don't think he played much games at Chepok when he was at KKR. And so, yeah, it was a really good part. And obviously, Chennai, they had two IPL titles and two Champions League T20 titles come 2015. And then comes probably something that no one really saw coming. Everyone was really shocked about it. And even, like, I was 13 at the time when this event happens. And I was just really shocked. Where CSK gets suspended for two scenes. And I asked him what was the mood in Chennai. And was it as if a part of Chennai's culture and identity had been taken away? Now, Sai had actually left Chennai in 2015. Around the time CSK was suspended. So, he said that his answer might not be too accurate. Um, but CSK's suspension did reduce the interest and the overall buzz about IPL in his friend circle, mostly because there wasn't a clear-cut team to root for anyone. I mean, fair enough. Chennai is a cricket-crazy city, and for them to not have a t- their home team to barrack, it is tough for them to properly follow IPL. And obviously, and he says that having a team to root for always increases interest. But they were a lot more interested in the outcomes on the investigation if any players were caught up in any match fixing or anything like that. And so I asked him that, um, did he feel that any of the players were involved in fixing or not? And he said that it's very hard to comment because the only thing that was proven across this investigation was that one of the owners was working with bookmakers and obviously betting in India is illegal and making bank making money by releasing confidential information such as team composition betting order to them and etc there wasn't a case of fixing that was even considered at all um, as far as he knows as for the question whether players were involved he has no idea since none of them were investigated let alone convicted which is true um but for me it is a little bit surprising at how Tony in handled the situation how he was avoiding every single question so that was a little bit suspect to me but it is what it is we move on 
but he does say that it doesn't seem too practical or smart for big names such as a Surya Shriner or a Dhoni to indulge in it considering they're already making huge amounts of money just playing cricket and from the endorsements and sponsorships uh, they're a part of and get. To risk all these and reputation for a few crores doesn't sound realistic. Since there hasn't been or any evidence or even motivation for this, it doesn't seem likely, which is very true. I do think um, probably a part of it would probably go like, yeah, I would say 95, I'm 95% confident that the players weren't involved in it. It's just that 5%, I'm still feel like that maybe one or two were involved because of the way that Dhoni you know, avoided the questions. And then after a two-year suspension in 2016 and 2017, comes 2018 IPL. And so I asked him that, you know, CSK comes back in 2018. Did you think that the tournament, did you think that before the tournament, that the squad dubbed Daddy's Army could win the tournament? And he said that he expected this, uh, the CSK team to get reach the knockouts. The squad was reasonably, reasonably strong and had reached every single knockout uh, season in the IPL so far. And there was no reason for it not to happen again. Finals wins are a bit of a coin toss. Simple things such as extra millimetre of grass on the pitch can help one team more than the other and give them a huge advantage because of the kind of players they possess. With how much T20 is compressed and fast-paced, these things matter a lot. A lot. So he never expected um, any team to win tournaments. Uh, to top the charts, maybe. Uh, to win the knockouts? No. If it happens, it happens. So seeing them win the finals was a nice, nice cherry on top uh, to seeing them play and win again. Like nothing had happened. Which is very true. It felt as if, you know, they were just on holiday for a little bit CSK and then they decided to come back. And one thing that CSK does very well uh, is not be reliable on one player, which allows them to save money by not spending money on big names and rather spend on utility players. Many times, such as uh, many times, some big names such as Shane Watson, Maureen Ali, end up being utility players because of the um, because of their age or because of a team's too much reli- reli- reliability on them. So the fact that they were old was just a coincidence. I would I've I slightly disagreed with the part because I do feel like it was an extremely old squad because some of the utility plays you probably could have gotten a bit younger but most of the part I did agree with what he said. And my final question to him was because this was something that I was really um curious about is that what has what is the sort of impact CSK has uh, has had in the city of Chennai, and how does CSK move forward in the post Mahendra Singh Dhoni era? Obviously, Sai being a Chennai boy and having grown up there, and only recently moved out a few years ago, he knew he would know this question about inside out. Chennai has always been cricket crazy to me. Uh, Chennai's crowd has historically considered to be the most knowledgeable cricket crowd in India. It's been host. It's been ho- it's hosted some epic cricket moments, both on and off the field, such as Pakistan players doing the guard of honor in 1999 in a politically charged climate. Sachin, also, Sachin Tendulkar also considered Chennai his favorite ground ever. The fact that Chennai didn't have any big stars themselves has never dampened this spirit ever. When CSK started IPL itself, it was just another opportunity for cricket fans to see their p- favorite players play for a different team. So CSK was just that. However, things started 
changing when CSK started winning and the team support became a lot bigger. Names such as Shura Schreiner, Matthew Hayden, Dwayne Bravo, Michael Hussey, Faf Duplessis, Doug Bollinger, etc. became household names and were uh, started being considered as homegrown stars. They responded to that by embracing it. And the fact that they didn't have the youthful glitz and brashness of players in other teams such as a Virat Kohli or a Hardik Pandya uh, and were very unassuming and sort of uh, humble folks uh, help them relate to the common Chennai folks as Chennai is considered to be one of the more co- the most conservative uh, big city in India amongst the big cities in India and CSK has only made cricket even bigger here at one point many local players uh, contributing and even winning uh, man of the matches such as Srikant Aniruddha uh, Lakshman Shivarama Krishnan Vidyut, Lakshmipati Balaji, Subramanian Badrinath, and of course Ravichandran Ashwin used to be a source of pride. Because not many P- IPL teams had that going for them um, regarding the local boys, like a hometown state boy winning games for, the, uh, for his uh, home team. And although it is unfortunate that it's stopped now and there are hardly any local players in CSK, I think CSK have only got two Tamil Nadu players in Narayan Jagadishan and Hari Nishant. I don't think I can recall any other player um, from Tamil Nadu being part of the squad this year. Uh, however, that has not support uh, dampened the support for CSK at all one bit. Now, regarding Dhoni, CSK's identity is hugely tied with Dhoni, you know, CSK didn't have an icon play back in 2008, they decided that Dhoni was going to be it, and it was arguably probably uh, a masterstroke because they bid record money for him, and ever since then he's been instrumental in building an insanely successful team while embracing Chennai as his second home, that's completely true, so it is a little hard to imagine a team without him, also from a technical point of view it's even harder now because there doesn't seem to be a viable option to replace him either, Jadeda's form tip with captaincy doesn't bode well, however I am of the strong opinion that a captain is only as good as, as its team, Dhoni's main contribution is his batting, wicket keeping and squad selection strategies, so even stopgap options like say Moeen would not really impact CSK IMO since Dhoni will always be in the mix whatever role it is. Um, and geez, you know, a lot of people would be very jealous of what CSK has achieved and how much they would like their own franchise to do it. The only sort of fan base that can say, oh, we're better than CSK, will probably be Mumbai. I know they haven't made as many knockouts as CSK but for me Mumbai will always be the greatest T20 team after that is Chennai Super Kings they're the pinnacle of T20 cricket both of them have mastered T20 cricket so well it's unheard of it's unparalleled it's just shocking but yeah you know Chennai I learned a lot of this interview um from Sai so thank you very much Sai for agreeing to do this interview and letting me put this on my podcast, I really enjoyed doing it. Um, you know, I myself nowadays support Tamil Nadu in domestic in the Indian domestic scene, and I've learned a lot about the Tamil Nadu cricket scene and how cricket crazy and passionate they are. So that was it for this week and this episode. I will be doing a new episode soon. Fingers crossed. Watch out for the next team. Take care, everyone.